Hello, Activate family. Welcome to this Sunday service. We are glad that you can join us from all over the world and we are excited to have you with us. Make yourself comfortable, please. Get yourself that favorite cup of coffee, tea, biscuits, muffins even. Remember to share this link with your friends and family and also on your WhatsApp and Facebook group. Because today, God has a special word for you. I don't want you to miss out, neither do I want your friends and family to miss out. Hence, I'm saying, come and join us. We have a special worship leader joining us today. We worship you. Is in love for me, oh Christ. 
heart to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me. The world behind me. Christ is enough. Christ is enough for me. Oh, Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I Everything I need is in you, Lord. You are my source. I put my trust in you, Jesus. Hello. Welcome back from that awesome worship. Um, I'm running a series, as you well know, on faith impact. This is the third in the series. We set off with the trigger principle. Then we moved on to the chamber principle. Now, today, we are the third of a four-part series, which I call The Barrel Principle. See, when the trigger of a gun is squeezed, a series of processes goes on in the heart of the gun, which is called the chamber. The mechanisms of the chamber kicks in and releases the bullet through a channel called the barrel. Now, the barrel, is an intricately designed and engineered piece of metal that helps increase the velocity of the bullet, also improves its accuracy, and also provide overall balance to the gun. The barrel is not just a channel. The barrel is a critical element in a gun, and in a critical element, that ensures that the bullet fired from the gun through it is highly potent. Welcome to the barrel principle. As I was studying about the barrel, I came across a NRA website. There's a National Rifle Association, an American pressure group and association that fights for gun rights. And they gave a definition of the barrel that enlightened my understanding and i'm going to read it for you it goes first a gun barrel is a metal tube through which hot rapidly expanding propellant gases convert stored chemical energy to kinetic energy by accelerating a bullet shot or swarm or any other mass to a velocity I was like, wow, really? And he goes on, he says, a gun barrel represents a complex blend of chemistry, physics, 
Mercology, Engineering, and Ballistics. Selling rifles and handguns, the barrel is the single most important factor in determining accuracy. It now says that um, in shotguns, the barrel controls the tightness and the quality of the pattern. I was like, really? I just thought the barrel was just a piece of pipe, piece of metal that just that the bullet passes through. Then I went and really, really watched some videos about it. Now, one video that caught my attention was a guy that wanted to show and prove how important the barrel is to a gun. So he got a shotgun shell and fired it without the barrel. So everything was present. He had a device to trigger it. He had uh, a, a, a little mechanism that represented the chamber that will fire and ignite the, 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 the shotgun shell. But there was no barrel. So I watched the video as the shotgun shell was fired. It exploded and the pellet or scattered round. Now he was shot, he shot it, um, I think about, um, not up to a meter, I think half a meter from a molded figurine, like a face. And the long and short of the experiment is that without a barrel, the bullet, the gun, would not be as potent as it should be. Now, they said from that distance, which is less than a meter, but let's just say it's a meter, but I think it's less than a meter, that the shotgun shell will not cause serious damage on that face or a human face. Worst case scenario, they say what could just happen is that the face will just be hit by a force. And if the person's eyes were open at, at explosion of the bullet of the shell, that some of the pellets and some of the propellant and some of the little, little, you know, uh, scenery metals and dust might enter the person's eyes. So they adjust it and irritate the eyes and all that. That the person will not die. The person will not have any serious injury. What was missing from that little mechanism he put up? Just the barrel. Every other thing was in place except the barrel. And the bullet, the shotgun shell, was highly ineffective. That video got me thinking. And you might ask, what then is the barrel? What is the barrel to this study of faith? You've taught us the trigger. You've taught us the chamber. I say the chamber is the is the is the spirit where the faith of God is anchored. What then is the barrel? The barrel is your mind. The barrel is your mind. The way the barrel is intertwined with the chamber of the gun is the way your human spirit is with your mind. So much so, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit. Your human spirit and your soul are almost fused together that it would need the word of God to divide it asunder. Isn't that awesome? Now that also takes me back to um, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Mark 11, verse 23. Jesus speaking, remember after they came back and saw that the fig tree that Jesus caused the previous day had withered from the roots. The Bible says that Jesus said to them, after he told them, have the God kind of faith, he told his disciples, say, for verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, and he pointed to a physical mountain there, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Now, the point I want to make there, I want to bring out there, he said, you can say, speak, instruct, command, and if you successfully remove doubt from your heart, he says, whatever you say, whatsoever you command, you will have. Now, the question behoves us here is, what is the heart? Now, I've been thought previously that the heart in that scripture is your human spirit because that's where faith is the holy spirit said no the word heart there isn't it says go check the original greek translation and i did the word that was translated heart in that scripture is the greek word called cardia which means mind the Holy Spirit went for that to tell me that in your human spirit nothing can enter your human spirit Doubt can enter your human spirit. F uh, fear can enter your human spirit. Um, worry, anxiety can enter your human spirit. That when the Holy Ghost entered your human spirit as salvation, the Bible says, you were sealed. You were sealed. Your human spirit was sealed by the Holy Ghost. The same way when you seal a bottle of water, you turn it upside down, the water cannot come out and nothing can also enter it. You see, that is the same way your human spirit is. I was like, what? What? How? It is go to a search in the scripture and you will find out that anywhere they talked about faith and talked about doubt and everything that will make your faith not to work, that he was not talking about your spirit. At salvation, your spirit was recreated, was regenerated. Your spirit is born again. It has been saved. It is in perfection. But your mind is still undergoing the process of conversion. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your spirit got saved instantaneously. Your mind is still going through the process of salvation because it's an ongoing process. We call it conversion. Your body will not be saved until the rapture, until the dead in Christ will rise first and those alive will be cut off. The Bible says that body corruptible will change in a trickle of an eye to body 
incorruptible. That is when we're going to receive our supernatural flesh or body, in quotes. That is the salvation of the body. Until then, what we've been instructed to do the body is to subjugate it and put it under subjection. But your mind is undergoing transformation, is undergoing conversion. The number one tool of transformation of the mind is the word of the Lord. It is like reformatting your system. It's like uninstalling all the programs that have been in your mind when you're an unbeliever and reinstalling the right programs based on the word of God. Hallelujah. One of the things I found that why believers struggle with faith and um, they usually suffer a faith failure is that they start off well to exercise their faith and they end back up where they were before they started off. Let me explain. Now, I won't go deep into it, but I need you to go listen to last Sunday's message. The podcast is available, The Chamber Principle. I explained all that. I talked about the kinds of faith, the natural human faith that is based on what he hears, sees, or feels, and the God kind of faith, the supernatural faith, which we have now as believers. So when you start up to use your supernatural faith, which is the faith of God, every processes, everything aligns to bring what you're uh, expecting to pass. But what usually happens for believers is that as time goes on, because they've not gotten the result instantaneously, they step back into the five senses. Assuming you're believing God to heal your headache, You've prayed about the headache and because the headache didn't go swiftly as you supposed or expected, you're still feeling the ache in your head because you're still feeling it. What usually happens is that you step out from supernatural faith and step back into your five senses and you believe that the headache is still there because you can still feel it. The Bible made something clear. Made something clear. The Bible says we are not moved. We are not of those ones that are moved by what they see, what they hear. But rather, we are moved by the word of God. Because we live in a natural world. God armed us with a supernatural equipment. A supernatural ability. By giving us his faith to make us, to give us an edge over natural men. So I put it this way, the source of the food, the source and the food of our supernatural faith is the word of God. As believers, we are meant to live in a natural world supernaturally. We are in the world that we are not of it. We live in a natural world, but we need to live in it supernaturally. When we live in a natural world supernaturally, we will have supernatural results because we are superhuman. Hallelujah. <laughs> so Paul being so upset that the Galatian church 
started well in the spirit, but they now moved back to the flesh. Says something to them in Galatians 3 verse 3. He said, are ye so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? God forbid. We are the ones that will start off with our supernatural faith. We will stand and keep standing till we get the result, which we release that faith for. Hallelujah. You are that one. You are that person. Amen. Now, I'm hurrying along because I just want to highlight some of the things. I promised you some practical steps today. So how do you condition your chamber? Number one, do not depend on your five senses. Do not depend on your own reasoning. Always put your trust in God. The Bible talks about that in Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord. So anytime you try to reason it out, anytime you try to figure out how that miracle will come about, you usually make a mess of the entire process. God's ways are not our ways. Our job is to stand in faith. God's job is to do what he only can do. Another thing you need to note in the conditioning of your barrel, your mind, is the word of God. The Bible has told us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The Bible has told us that how you get transformed is by renewing your mind so that you might know what is the acceptable and perfect will of God. God's will is his word. So the transformation of your mind through the renewal process is carried out by the word of God. Hallelujah. Then the next thing you need to do is to make sure you are fed with the right teaching of God's word. You are fed with the balanced truth of God's word. Because anytime you don't get the rightly divided word of truth and you go and act on some wind of doctrine, you will pray amiss, your faith will suffer a shipwreck. So getting the rightly divided word of truth is very, very, very important. And don't get carried away by vain deceits of men or the traditions of men or the philosophies of men and all that because you are complete in Christ who is the fullness of the Godhead. So the next thing you need to do is to ensure that you always walk in the Spirit. Why is that important? Anytime you walk in the Spirit, the Bible says you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. When you walk in the Spirit, you keep your supernatural faith alive. When you walk in the flesh, your five senses will come back to life. And when it comes back to life, it stifles and in most cases assassinates your supernatural faith. So always walk in the Spirit. Don't give room to the flesh. The voices of the flesh are the five senses. I still feel the pain, Pastor. I'm not sure I'm healed. When will God heal me? Don't be moved by how you feel. Faith does not look at things which are seen. Because the things which are seen are temporal. Faith looks at the things that are not seen. Because the things that are not seen are eternal. When Jesus, sorry, when, when Peter prayed for the paralytic at the gate called Beautiful, do you know what happened? 
he still remained crippled? Yes. He says, silver and gold have I not. But what I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The man didn't walk. He was still crippled. His limbs, his legs, everything remained dead. If Peter went by what he saw, he would have said, oh no, oh God, I've made a mess. I've embarrassed myself. Oh, doubt, anxiety will step in. Fear will step in. But he didn't do that. What did he do? He stepped into the trigger principle. He held the man's hand and the Bible said he pulled him up. As he pulled him up, the miracle kicked in. That is how faith works. As he pulled him up, the miracle kicked in. The miracle did not happen until it was triggered. Peter, knowing this, did not go by what he saw after he must have prayed. After he must have declared that he had something he could give the man better than money. He knew supernaturally that the miracle has already occurred. That the man needed to trigger it. Needed to receive it. So he helped the man in the process of triggering it. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm sorry I'm hurrying through, blowing through everything. Um, like I, my, my custom is, if you have questions, you need things, you want to be clear on, send me a mail. Send, drop me a line. Drop me a quest. Drop me your questions. On this, go to this address on our website at the forms. Click on the drop-down menu. You are going to see questions. Send in your questions. Send in your questions. I can't teach everything I have. We have limited time. Send me your questions, and I will get back to you. So, what is the other thing that you need to do? Remove doubt. Remove doubt. The Bible says. In James chapter 1 from verse 5 to verse 3. That if any lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. Who giveth to all man liberally and obraideth not. And he shall be given him. But he said, but when he's asking, he should ask in faith. Nothing wavering. He shouldn't doubt. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea. Driven with the wind and tossed. And I say, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything from God. A man that doubts will never receive anything from God. Don't be in self-deception. Don't ever think that when you are in doubt, you will receive anything from God. You will never. This is what James was trying to tell us here. You will never receive anything from God if you are in doubt. So kick doubt out. Then the next thing, very important. Very important for the conditioning of your mind. Very important. This is one of the signs that your faith is working. What is it? Peace. Peace, perfect peace. That's why Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 4, from verse 6 to 7, he gave us a thesis of how to maintain the condition of your barrel, how to keep 
peace, perfect peace in your barrel. But before then, the Bible says in Isaiah 26 verse 3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in him. One of the ways to have and condition your mind in peace and for peace to dwell in your mind is that you put your trust in God, 100% trust in God. You lean on him and not on your own understanding. Then the peace of God that surpasses all human comprehension and understanding will flood your heart and your mind. And Paul giving us the practical way of doing this in Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6 to verse 9. Say you should not be careful about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. He said, refresh through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And he answered, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep, will guard your heart, will stand guard over your mind through Jesus. And he told us the things to think on. There's a list of the things to think on. As you think on those things, you maintain the condition of your mind to ensure that the force of that bullet shot through the chamber, when you trigger it, maintains its accuracy and its velocity. And the other thing I want you to do is to cultivate other virtues like patience. Time will fail me to talk about patience. Patience is a virtue you need to also cultivate in your mind. But it's a product of the Spirit. But it's released from the Spirit into your mind. One of the fruits of the Spirit is that. But you release it from your Spirit into your mind. You need to let these virtues dwell in your heart. King James says, do not be slothful. New King James says, do not be sluggish. Um, NIV says, do not be lazy. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise don't be lazy meaning you need to trigger your faith through faith and patience faith works with patience faith works with patience who through faith and patience receive the promises and the bible says in verse 15 and so after abraham had patiently endured he obtained the promise so patience is one virtue that is important that has to also be in your mind it helps bring peace as well and patience is not just a condition of the mind patience this virtue is also talking about the trigger principle as you take actions of faith knowing that whatever you believe god for will work it also conditions your mind it brings peace perfect peace because at the point of action you will have an experience that will change your mind forever another virtue peter talked about from second peter chapter 1 to to verse 8 he talked about a lot of virtues there uh i'm just going to read some verses for you and i said and besides this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity which is love because 
your faith also cannot work outside love. Like I said, that this Second Peter 1, for verse 1 to 8, is another message on its own. I'm just blowing through it because of time. If you have questions, don't hesitate to ask it. You know, for if these things be in you and abound, you make they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just feel like to give you this testimony about patience. Like I said, patience is not just um, waiting. Patience is also talking about taking corresponding action. Patience is also part of the trigger principle. And last week I talked to you about how we got the land for the church building. When it was time to build, um, we did the foundation part. It's a long story because we changed a lot of things. I just, we just wanted to, to build four walls and just roof so we can just have church. But the Holy Spirit says, why can't you just believe me for more? We've already dug the foundation for just the four walls and the roof. We had to redo the foundation because we are now believing God for something bigger. And we redid the foundation and we stopped because there are also other projects that were ongoing then in church. So, but when those projects ended, says this is time to go. Usually be like, oh, we just finished a big project, just rest a bit, just take some time out. But Lucifer says, no, see, this is the time to go. So I came to church and I announced it. This is time to go. We've just done foundation. We've just done foundation. We are building a building that will have galleries and seat a thousand people. And he um, just still announced to the people. Declare from the pulpit that in less than two months, church service will be held in our property. And I'm not sure anybody believed that. Because the first thing when you hear that kind of statement is to calculate <laughs> your understanding. And from their human calculation, it's not possible. But I wasn't dealing with the natural human faith, remember? I was dealing with the supernatural faith. Long story short, what I'm telling you this story is that I went, to, I went home that, that Sunday afternoon and the Holy Spirit told me in the evening, wake up first thing in the morning and get to the church site. I said, why? He said, if you truly believe that you're going to be holding service in that building in less than two months, you better act like it. So the next morning I woke up, I dressed up, I went to church site. When I made that proclamation, we didn't have up to 200 pounds in the account. We barely had 100,000 naira in the account. Barely, barely. How can you have 200 pounds in your account and you want to build this structure that will cost? <laughs> that will cost in the excess of at least half a million pounds.
How? How? It's, you, what are you talking about? That's going to cost at least half a million, 400 to 500,000. How would you do it? I mean, it's not, the human mind cannot fathom it. But we are not of those that are moved by what we see or hear. As I took that corresponding action and got to the church site, God supernaturally, from people I didn't even know, people that were not even members of the church, I don't know how they knew we were building, they were sending in checks. Supernaturally, that building was built. And to the glory of the Lord, at the time I set, we were in that building. Don't ask me how it happened. Quite frankly, it's about six years, six, seven, seven years gone now. I still can't explain it. I still can't explain it. My job is to hold on to God's word. Not to determine how God is going to do it or work it out. That is his job. That is his job. And I remember when we are still building, we are putting some pillars that will hold up the gallery. And we've put some pillars that hold up the gallery. But I wanted them to roof the building because it was um, nearing, it was actually the winning season, the season where a lot, we have a lot of rain in Africa. I want them to roof it because if we don't roof by the time we do the decking for the galleries, getting the concrete to set will be hard on that constant rain. So we set out to roof the building and while we were roofing, one of the roofers fell from a height of about three-story building. Three-story building. He fell. Remember, we had pillars everywhere with rods, thick rods sticking out. And of course, safety is not priority in Africa when it comes to construction, sadly, but that's what it is, but things are changing. Oh, thank God for that. And that remains a miracle. The guy fell and fell into a big pillar with the rod sticking out. And he fell just, I don't know how it happened, but this was a clear angelic occurrence. How the pillar bent to receive him like a bed. And the guy left without any injury. If that guy had died, the blow would have been on the, our head. Because we should have provided safety harnesses and a lot of things. God, in our incompetence, worked a miracle for us. Worked a miracle for us. That is a huge testimony. I am grateful to God 
for and about. I constantly thank him for that every day. But what am I saying? When you walk in line with God's instruction and the Holy Spirit direction, and you take the action steps of faith without doubting, God will make and ensure that everything works out for your good. I want to give you more testimonies about some things that God has done in my life and in my ministry because of understanding that I have the God kind of faith because of understanding the trigger principle and because of understanding the conditioning of the mind whenever I step out in faith. I've seen mighty miracles. I've seen God do mighty things. And I know he will do similar in your life. I'm sure this series have blessed you. Next Sunday, by his grace, unless I get a different instruction from God, we will tie this series up. And next Sunday, we're going to talk about the bullet principle. The bullet. The bullet. <laughs> Very small. But that is what kills. Very small. But that is what causes destruction. Very, very small. Jesus compared our faith to a mustard seed. Now, the bullet is a principle you sure don't want to miss. Love you. I'm going to see you next week, Sunday. Make sure you keep it date with us. But before I go, listen to this. Hi. Welcome back. God sure does love a cheerful giver. I want to pray for you and bless you before we end service today. Father, I pray for these ones that have followed through with this series. Father, I ask that you make them giants of faith. Father, I ask that you move them to a place where whatever they believe you for will always come to pass. Father, I ask that you give them experiences that will make their faith stronger. Father, I ask that you condition their mind to love and believe in you. Transform them. Renew their mind that they, oh Lord, will not run about whenever they encounter challenges, but rather they will run to you for help. And Lord, I stand with anyone going through a rough patch right now that is having a challenge or the other, that is passing through and facing some challenges. Lord, I ask, I ask that your mercy, that your grace come upon them. Take them out of that challenge. Let whatever problem, opposition, challenge, obstacle that is before them to be dispelled right now in the name of Jesus. Anyone that is sick listening to me, I speak healing into their bones. I speak health into their bones right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that anyone listening to me right now having mental health issues, Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit will bring comfort to their minds in the name of Jesus. And if you are here, you've listened to me, but you've not yet given your life to Christ, 
I ask you to say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died and I believe you resurrected. I ask you, Lord, to enter my heart, be the Lord of my life, and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, please go to our website. The address is on the screen and let us know about it and we will contact you as soon as possible. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did enjoy myself. And also the Lord touched me. I hope you're not living here without being touched of the Lord. It's time to give. Remember, the cattle on a thousand hills are the Lord's, and so are we. Do bear that in mind. I'm going to share a word of prayer with us. Heavenly Father, we thank you once more for this lovely day. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your graciousness. As we are giving you, Lord, bless us, Lord. For those of us that are not able to give, Lord, also bless us, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now please watch a short video on how to give. Remain blessed. Hello, there are two ways to give. Firstly, through a bank transfer using our SOT code and account number if you live in the United Kingdom SOT code 208213 account number 43832767. Secondly, online, in your browser, type activatechurch.co.uk. If you have a PayPal account just scan this code with your phone camera it will take you to your PayPal app where you can give by selecting an amount or if the amount you want to give isn't listed, select the other amount option. In the drop-down menu, select Reason for your love gifts. Click on Donate if you have a PayPal account or donate using card. MasterCard, Visa, American Express and Maestro are all accepted. Using the card option will require your registering with PayPal. All your account information is safe and secure with PayPal. The church does not have access to this information. Choose the country where the card was issued. Fill in the details and your address. Thank you for your love gifts. Now listen to this in this week <laughs> oh lord oh lord magos varietes casopa gentiles iveques lavarajatas in this week the problem that have refused to go they have stayed in your life will disappear in this week in the name of Jesus in this week you experience the peace of God in your mind in the name of Jesus in this week circumstances and situations will work together to favor you in this week you are graced and highly favored in this week no sickness will come near your dwelling in this week you will dwell under the shadow of the almighty a thousand will fall by your side ten thousand by your right hand side it will never come 
near your dwelling place. In this week, where others go to and they are rejected, you will appear and you'll be accepted. In this week, promotion will come to you. I love you. Go and prosper. You are highly favored. Bye. Thank <music> you.